Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are glad you are with us. Well, we're kicking it off once again with our good friend, Austin Parr from Discount Fishing Tackle. Austin, how are you, sir? Doing great, Scott. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good. And, uh, uh, hey, we do know there's snow coming. So, hey, what does this do to all the fishing? Yeah, so it's going to definitely be changing some things a little bit. So prior to this, we were right on the cusp of open water really firing off uh, in, in the front range here. Now, we still are going to be having that open water around. Uh, Chatfield still has a bunch of open water. Cherry Creek has a bunch of open water. Uh, we're dealing with open boating at Boyd coming up on the 15th here. At least that's what they're saying at the moment. So we haven't had dates on boat ramps opening yet for Chatfield or Cherry Creek, but we'll be seeing that quite soon. And with with that being said, as this open water is, is, is here, let this, uh, these, these pressure systems kind of level themselves out a little bit, and we're going to be dealing with some walleyes that are going to be thinking about spawning here really quick. So mm. when that's happening, smaller bodies of water typically goes, go first. So if you have a little local pond by you or a smaller lake that has sawgeyes or walleyes in it, those fish are going to be up on the rocks in the low-light period. So I usually like to get to the lake in that in that, that that dusk type time frame so i like to have right as that sun setting getting myself set go down and as it's getting dark you'll have those fish move up onto the rocks so usually the last hour of daylight to about the first two to three hours of darkness is going to be your most premium time and that's when i'm going to okay. be fishing uh, suspending jerk baits so some of my favorites are rapala shadow wraps but also x wraps and smithwick rogues are all quite productive and what I usually will be doing is casting on a 45-degree angle down the rocks as I'm working on these, these dam faces mm-hmm. or rock faces. And um, I'm, I'm starting my, my retrieve with a light pop. Uh, I'll start off slower, and a lot of times you kind of change your technique. So there's times when I'll be fishing a little bit more aggressively on a slack line snap. There's times that I may, may just be pulling that bait and then picking up slack with my reel. But the, usually the thing that we like to see is to not move that bait with your reel everything needs to be moved with the tip of your rod and i'll usually have more success with that now i was just mentioning the the dam faces depending upon the body of water that you're fishing some may be closed so cherry creek and pueblo dam faces are closed as of right now uh chatfield it's going to be interesting there's there's talk about them not do uh, actually you doing a spawn net so what the parks and wildlife will do is they net these dam faces, they artificially inseminate the eggs, and then restock walleye fry across the entire state. And uh, with the COVID and all kinds of crazy things, they may be focusing in on Cherry Creek and Pueblo, which are the more prolific walleye fisheries, but that may give anglers an opportunity to fish the dam face out at Chatfield. So over the next couple of weeks, that's all something to be looking at. The mountains will still have some ice fishing, granted, if this storm actually is going to materialize in, in the, the conclusion with as much snow as they're talking about in the mountains, it may create some conditions that are not so favorable as far as slush is concerned, but that all is going to be dependent upon where you go. Mm-hmm. It appears like the further west you go, the, the less it's going to be, be seeing. Um, so potentially some lakes like Steamboat and Stagecoach, as you get over the divide into the west, may not be taking quite the snow that you're seeing. Same thing with or that we're seeing maybe on the front range here, but 
Um, even places like Wolford Mountain may be okay. But certainly just keep that in mind. If you're heading to a lake that's getting crushed with snow over the next couple of weeks, right. the slush and mobility can certainly be an issue. However, the ice will remain safe usually through the end of this month, maybe even another couple of weeks into April, depending upon how the weather continues. Right. Austin Parr is with us. The store is Discount Fishing Tackle. They're located at 2645 South Santa Fe. And I tell you, if you've got any um, questions, uh, fishing needs, gear you need, this is the store. And if you want to just go in there and see Austin, mention you heard him here on Sportsman of Colorado, he'll take great care of you. Now, you mentioned something there that's kind of interesting. You know, in, in technique, you know, you say uh, – comes from the reel not the tip of the rod is that what you said from the tip of the rod not the reel not the reel okay so my question is this for for just technique so you can really you know be in a good spot have the right gear all this stuff but technique i mean is oh yeah just like anything else is crucial it's critical i mean (laughs) when i'm guiding i'll have situations at times where i'll have maybe two or three clients in the boat and one client really is listening and dialing themselves in on exactly what I'm saying and getting that technique right, depending upon certainly the type of presentation that we're utilizing. Right. But then one in the boat will be literally fishing with the exact same tour, <laughs> exact same line. That's me. Real That's me. Rod yeah. Setup. Yeah. It's, it's incredible how that happens. And I mean, we saw it happen several times last spring. So I wasn't able to guide last spring, but the walleyes were up on the dam face at Chatfield and we were able to fish it because they were they did not do the spawn netting last year. So when the nets are up, you can't fish. If the nets are not up on a lake that, like Chatfield, they're not doing it, you're able to fish it. So it's what some people were really getting and other people weren't. I mean, we had some nights where, I mean, legitimate 100 fish nights and people around us were really struggling. And it all is dependent upon what we're dealing with with that technique. And especially in the springtime, that, that tip of the rod pops, sometimes more aggressive, sometimes softer. And then simply picking up the slack with your reel rather than moving that bait was the key and typically is the key during that jerk bait bite. Right. And I assume you get every level, um, not only that go on your trips with you, uh, of, of expertise or think they have, uh, but then also in the store, too. So, I mean, yeah. one thing I like about, you know, when I've walked in and you guys have been uh, talking with customers, I mean, you really spend time with customers. And you know what? You're not going to find that in many, many stores that, in your case, on the water knowledge. Yeah, particularly this last year with as many new anglers as we had, there was a lot of people that uh, didn't necessarily know what they were doing, and that's fine. I mean, everyone was trying to get into the sport, and, and I am all over helping those folks get dialed in, whether it be on a guide trip or simply as just advice on, on where to go or what to use in the store. So we are more than well willing to do that, and uh, although we have a little winter blip right here, we're going to be back to some springtime weather here pretty darn quick, and, and uh, I think a lot of people are itching to get out there and make some casts rather than drill some holes in the ice. Sure. Now, as far as, um, you know, just all the different gear, and I mean, how, man, how do you stay on top of all the different, you know, rods, reels, uh, different um, baits, all the different things. How do you stay on top of all of that with all the different companies out there that are probably presenting stuff to you? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly challenging. Uh, growing up in Colorado and, and fishing here, it's, it's interesting because this state has more opportunities at different types of fishing than really any other state in the whole entire country, aside from maybe some saltwater applications. But we have all of our trout and mountain fishing, as well as prolific warm water fisheries on the east, eastern plains. So it, it definitely can be challenging, but uh, certainly utilizing resources, meeting with some reps like I was doing yesterday, all help. 
but you'll find things that really start working. So, you like, for instance, like a jerkbait bite in the springtime, I'm looking for something like a six-and-a-half or a seven-foot rod that's in a, a fast action uh, or an extra fast action and medium power. So once you get dialed in on something that you like like that, then you're able to work through on different brands and compare features on those different brands. Maybe one rod's a little bit lighter. Maybe one rod's a little bit more responsive. Maybe one balances with a reel that you have more. And even as a consumer, those are all things that I would be looking for, um, and that's something we can help guide guide you with. But finding uh, maybe a technique that you're looking for or maybe you're looking for something all around. As you're looking to purchase equipment, kind of eyeing what you're looking to do with that equipment always is, is helpful uh, when you're looking to purchase something. Sure. Once again, it's Discount Fishing Tackle, 2645 South Santa Fe. And uh, get in there and see Austin. If you're interested in booking a trip with him, you can reach him at 303-514-5546. That's 303-514-5546. And, of course, he's most of the time at the store uh, right now. Now, um, let's bring in Crowley Marine here a little bit. I know you've been... um, uh, kind of partnered up with them a little bit and i went over there several weeks back and wow if it's been a while since you've looked at boats i'm telling you they are nice aren't they <laughs> some things they carry yeah there's a lot of lot of features i mean crowley carries uh, lund and ranger they are the lund and the ranger dealer in the denver metro area even in this whole region and um the big thing that i am emphasizing right now is if you're looking to, to purchase a, a new boat certainly kind of jump on that sooner rather than later there's a lot of these manufacturers as with really everything in covid right now that are a bit behind schedule so whether you're looking to purchase an aluminum lund or a fiberglass ranger or they carry sylvan pontoon boats as well all of those things think about getting on it you know a little bit sooner rather than later there if you're looking to order a new boat uh, inventory is is lower but those guys can absolutely help get you dialed in when it comes to a fishing specific platform so that's what those guys do they do sell some crossover boats too that can do a fishing ski type deal with either a lun crossover or a ranger riata but uh you know the, the it is a fishing specific location and uh if you're looking to get away from some of these places that that may be more ski oriented crowley is definitely the place to go and talking to fishermen which is just like we do at the store all the time sure people that have experience with the product absolutely well austin hey man i know you're busy here on the weekend so man we appreciate your time and uh, we'll look forward to our visit next week sir thank you so much scott all right that's austin parr discount fishing tackle once again 2645 south santa fe and when you go in ask for austin let him know you heard about him here on sportsman of colorado and normally he will give us a good sportsman of colorado radio discount as well we'll be back with more right after this break avoid the pitfalls with kevin flesh picture this you're in court before a judge and jury trying to get the at-fault party's insurance company to cover your hospital bills and the defense attorney pulls out your medical records comparing what you said to the police at the scene of your injury to what your doctor transcribed you've contradicted yourself you start to get nervous You don't want to look like an idiot, but you simply don't recall what you said to the police. That was a long time ago. KLC's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law, prepares you for these kinds of questions so you never need to worry about what to say. Of course, the opposition will always try to call your credibility into question. But with Kevin Flesh, you always know exactly how to respond. Schedule a free consultation now at 303-806-8886. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Trial tested. Trial ready. 
Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. And not just my friends, but truly, the staff at Lone Tree feels like part of our family. Since 2002, they have provided the very best care for our pets. What we love about Lone Tree Vet is the services they provide covers all of our needs. From preventative care, dentistry, pain management, cardiology, dermatology, and eye care, as well as emergency and critical care. They also offer veterinary surgery and orthopedic care. And when you need to get away, they have a fantastic boarding lodge and a cat boarding lodge that is amazing. If your pet gets to go along, they can even assist you with your travel health certificates. And when your dog needs a little extra instruction, check out the K9 Academy. They helped us so much when we got a new puppy last year. And then, of course, there is a spectacular grooming salon that you and your pet will love. All of this and more at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Oh, and check out the blogs to help you become a better parent at LoneTreeVet.com. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. It's just one stop and all the care you need. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado. Thank you so much for being with us. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to our real good friend, Chris Rowe from Rowe Hunting Resources. Be sure and check out his website and a lot of information there, and we'll touch on that before we get out of the segment today. But, Chris, it's been a while. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you guys been doing? Man, doing great, and I tell you, I sure miss doing the International Sportsman's Expo with you this year. Uh, no lie. I mean, it was kind of, wasn't that kind of weird? Yeah. I mean, for how many – How many? I, I mean, literally, I've been going to it since – Literally every year, I think since 1999, um, as you know, from an official capacity, I was attending it from '95 as just a spectator back in those days. But I don't think I've—I mean, I really don't rem- ever remember missing one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always been something that's been a part of January. For yeah, me, you know? Really, I know. And, and all of a sudden, it's just not there, and it's like. Jesus, Pete, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So hopefully uh, next year we will be back there, and Chris always does a fantastic job on some seminars. So hopefully we'll be talking about that here at the end of this year. Well, I wanted to get you on, yeah. Chris, and, I, man, I do want to get you booked here for a whole show on this because, well, a lot of questions about this and matter of spring turkey coming up, and we're looking forward to coming down there, Kevin Flesh and myself, and hunting with you again. And, boy, had a great hunt last year. Ron, buddy of mine, and I came down, both of us very successful, and I just had a great, great time with you. But uh, let's kind of recap last year how, overall, how last year went for you. <laughs> I remember we were supposed to come opening weekend, then all the COVID stuff hit. So, yeah, I mean, man, yeah. first of all, that was just a mess, dealing with all that. Yeah. Yeah, it really kind of threw a monkey wrench into our, our whole works. We were still able, I mean, we obviously were still able to uh, move forward in a limited capacity. We, you know, I mean, heck, when you talk about social distancing, I'm, I'm, I was setting up, you know, we just kind of set out in the in the open. But, uh, well, we had, and there was a ground blind day, you know. Sure. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so just thinking, Rain, rain man. I'm telling you. Set up for, oh, man. Yeah, Ron looked at me one time. He goes, let's go to Kansas. Have fun. It'll be turkey hunting. And we're sitting there freezing rain. We're like, what are we doing? Yeah. 
Well, for the beginning of the season, yeah, I was setting up, you know, a ground blind for the hunter, and then I, you know, you know, I would set outside. I mean, you just all the, the hoops you had to go through to social distance, and then we could run hunts on some people because they couldn't come, and it just it was a fiasco. But you know, yeah, no, I'm glad you guys had a chance to come out because, uh, yeah, no, last year was a, a little bit of a fiasco with with all the social distancing stuff that we had to do, and you know, it, it shut down some of our hunts. Uh, some folks like you were able to, to make it work, but, uh, no, it was, it was a heck of a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> until we started talking now, I completely forgot about our little ground blind fiasco in the rain there. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and always, uh, you know, I always keep one eye open now cause I got my turkey there and we're waiting on Ron's and course, and then it starts, then the sun comes out, starts getting a little hot in the blind and I doze a little bit and. We've all had that feeling where you feel like someone's looking at you or doing something, and you open one eye, and Chris has got his iPhone on me, filming me dozing and my head bobbing. So yeah, that was good. Uh, well, uh, let's start out, and like I say, we're, we're we're gonna have time to scratch the surface, so to speak, this uh, on today's show. But we'll do a whole show with you, and um, you know, the matter of scouting. I know you know some people have that time, some don't, but if you do, I mean, when you look at scouting turkey, how does that differ from how you scout? You know whitetail or elk well it's all i mean it, it especially for your listeners there it's going to it's really habitat based so you know for a lot of the folks that are listening now you've got folks that are going to probably be heading up in the mountains wanting to go after marions then you're going to have some people that are going to go out to nebraska and kansas they want to or eastern colorado and chase uh rio grande if you have the ability to lay eyeballs on them, that really does help. And so in our country, you know, whether Kansas, Nebraska, uh, eastern Colorado, with real grand turkeys, people you need to understand if you're going out you want to scout and start looking out now, you will find those larger flocks of birds uh, in, you know, kind of winter flocks, which is, is good because you, could, you can put eyeballs on them and see them a lot easier. The big thing is people need to remember is as we move towards spring and the spring green up happens, those birds will break up out of those winter flocks. So if, if folks are out on our goose hunting or waterfowl hunting and we're seeing turkeys on you know a chunk of river bottom, don't automatically assume that that's where the birds are going to be. There's probably some birds going to be there, mm-hmm. but they're going to move to where they get good spring green up. So um, just keep tabs on them if you're hunting those linear river bottoms and you want to get you know plan ahead just try to spend as much time out there periodically every other week or so as we move towards april just keeping tabs on where you see those birds moving and, and where they're scattered now in the mountains they're going to move just kind of like deer and elk up and down the mountain uh, following that snow line so i really do like getting out and for at least colorado mountains in that beginning part of April and start hiking in those ponderosa pine areas, ponderosa pine that has oak brush is even better. Um, in those areas where those birds are going to spend time in the winter, you're going to find those tracks. You know, right. if you've got snow on the ground, look for tracks and then just start looking for the biggest stands of big ponderosa pine and the best stands of, of oak brush to have, you know, acorns. And just really pick the ground apart because once you get to, you know, that's what we can do now until, you know, about the end of March. Once you start rolling the end of March, that's when you'll start hearing birds gobble. And that's where you can start getting yourself into places where it's strategically located, where you can hear a long way and just listen to see if those birds start gobbling. 
or early mornings and then in the evenings as well. Right. What have you seen, and we say most of the time because animals always surprise us, you know, let's say snow's actually falling. Is that a waste of time to be out there when the snow's actually falling? You need to wait till it quits? What's your advice there? You know, you will find it, it all depends on what the barometric pressure is doing and, and, you know, how, how bad the storm is. I mean, if it's a if it's a nasty snowstorm, they're just going to hunker down. Right. But if it's a nice day and you've just got some light snow falling and it's not, yeah, I mean, no, they'll still be active. I can't tell. I mean, geez, oh, Pete, I I've had to have probably killed almost I don't know over the years a dozen different, almost a dozen different birds in snow. You know, in the snow. I mean, I remember hunting west of Fort Collins there for years, and. I mean, literally trudging through two feet of snow up the mountain, setting hmm. up with a decoy and calling and literally calling them strutting through the snow. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they live there. They, it's not like they're going to go home. They sure. are home. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. That's just where they are, you know. Right. And when spring comes and, and reproduction starts cranking, they, they, you know, guys are guys. They don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lady talking. I want to go over and check her out. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the blind setup versus just sitting out like we were a few times, you know, just in the open like that. I mean, how do you how do you kind of go about it? Is it just that particular lay of the land and what you're, where they're going to be coming from and all that of how you decide what to do there? Yeah, and, and how long I want to sit there. So if I've got good cover and the birds are in an area that, you know, just natural cover trees and, and just logs down, you know, blowdowns and just stuff that I can tuck myself in and hide behind. And the birds are actively working calls, you know, it, it, there's at least a good strong chance that the birds want to come in and work your call, uh, especially with a shotgun, but I've done it with a bow as well. You can literally just do exactly what most people do is just set yourself up against a tree and, and set your decoys out and call and let the birds come in and work and, and take your shot. However, if it's, you know, bad weather, if like what your hunt was last year, I mean, the birds were there, mm -hmm. but they were locked down with hens. And, and unless you call the entire flock of hens, or, and it didn't even need to be a, an entire flock, you can have a, a gobbler or two or three literally locked down with two or three hens, and they will not break off of them at all. And so unless you can get those hens to move your way, you're kind of stuck. Well, that's where, in my opinion, that's where ground line works great especially if you know your area and you especially know the movement of what those birds are doing, you can sometimes set ground blinds in places where there's really not a lot of cover for you. Uh, you put the ground blind out there. A lot of birds, not all, but a lot of turkeys really don't mind ground blinds that much. So you can, I like setting mine out early and letting them sit on the landscape for a while and let everybody get used to them. But you can even just pop up a, a ground blind. I've done it as well. You just go hunt pop up a ground blind, sit it down, set it in a place where you have that movement where those birds are walking through, set it in a place where you're, you know, out in a destination area where you know those birds are going to feed. That's exactly what you and I did uh, when we were out there. Yep. We knew where those birds were feeding. We had a food plot that the birds were coming to. There was, like, no cover anywhere around for us to sit up against a tree or anything. Plus, the weather was crappy. So I ran out, grabbed that ground blind, just, came running back in, slammed it down, and just sit there because I know the birds will come through that area at some point, 
It was just a matter of patience. Well, for us, it worked out pretty quick. But I've literally sat, you know, 12 hours in a blind before and finally had my shot opportunity. So I really do like having ground blinds uh, for inclement weather, tricky situations, especially with kids or new hunters. But there's, there is that element of being able to run and gun and move quick and just set up wherever you need to set up. So I just try to look at the scenario, what is the, what's going to give me the highest percentage play at the time, and then use the equipment that's going to give me that advantage. Absolutely. Chris Rowe is with us. A few more minutes here. Check out, again, his website, rowhuntingresources.com. A wealth of information there. Um, great elk modules there. Again, whitetail, turkey, everything. Chris has done a great job there. And uh, we get Chris back on. We'll promote that on Facebook and give you plenty of notice when he'll be back on with us. But now talk about your decoys and what you, you know, sometimes you see some work man, God just sticks up one or two, and then I've seen other guys stick up, you know, two or three hands and a gobbler. I mean, what's, oh, yeah. how do you kind of go about what you're going to set up? I, I really focus that based off of the period of the season I'm in and the reproductive cycle of those birds. And, and you mentioned the website, and yet this would be great for those people that want to are just – thinking about getting into turkey hunting or want to learn about turkey hunting that on the website there is a turkey module and it is engineered for people that want to get you know beginners that want to get into turkey hunting understand this and there's an entire uh module portion or uh, instructional series on decoys and in in short as we start in the beginning of season there's a lot of of competition between gobblers and and each other for hens and you'll oftentimes see hens in groups. And so that's where you'll often see people have strutted decoys or a jake decoy in there with several hens because it's A, the, the number of birds in the group is realistic. And then there's a value to have a jake or a strutter decoy in there because now any other gobbler that's on the landscape, he can't just stand off in the distance and strut for the hens that, you know, you know your hen decoys and the hens that, you know, you're pretending to be. Right. He sees that strutter there. He's got. He has to come in and show off. Otherwise, he's not going to get any play. So that's why people bring a strutter. But as you move into the season, um, everything gets locked down. Sometimes gobblers don't want to engage one another. They've they've already gone through the pecking order. They've already been fights a couple times. They've already gotten beat up. This is where you start leaving the strutter out of there. Maybe even leave the the Jake decoy out of there and go with just a couple hens. Or as it gets later in the season. As the hens start to go nest, this is when maybe what you do is go and go out with a single hen. Really try to use your decoys to paint the exact same picture that the you know the turkey behavior on the landscape is mm-hmm. doing themselves. And and I, you ought to try to give yourself a variety of decoys that will give you that flexibility across the entire spectrum of the season. So hen deco- high quality hen decoys. Maybe a high-quality cheek decoy, and I really do recommend people have a high-quality strutter decoy as well. Absolutely. Well, Chris, like I said, I'm going to get you back on, man. We'll get you booked, and uh, we'll do a whole show on this, and I know it'll be a lot of help to a lot of people. And, man, I cannot wait till I think, third week April and get down and see you again and have some fun, bud. Yeah, yeah. No, it should be a lot of fun. Heck yeah. All right, bud. Hey, I appreciate it, and uh, I'll be in touch with you real soon. 
Sounds good. Be safe. All right. You as well. That's Chris Rowe, Rowe Hunting Resources. I cannot think of any other way to highly recommend that website to you. Please go check it out. I promise you it'll be worth your while. The Outdoorsman's Attic is Colorado's very own outdoor gear consignment store. From live bait to goose decoys, from sleeping bags to Sitka gear, you'll find it all at the Outdoorsman's Attic. They offer a great selection of new and pre-owned hunting, fishing, and camping items, and you'll save 20 to 60% off retail. And if your firearm needs cleaning or some work, see Scott the Gunsmith at the Outdoorsman's Attic. And if you've got some gear you want to turn into cash, head over to the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton in Sheridan. Let them know you heard about them here on KLZ 560. Hi, Jack Corgan for Len Lyle Chevrolet. Len Lyle Chevrolet is open and safe. It's truck month, and they have the best deals of the year on all trucks and SUVs, like up to 10000 off on half-ton Silverados. Or come check out the all-new Tahoes and Suburbans for 2021. Len Lyle has been there for 35 years, and low overhead really does mean low prices. Check them out on the web, lenlylechevy.com. Go east and pay the least. Chevy. Find new roads. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000 square foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado, located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracote and Cerakote areas. Family-owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting, and long-range precision firearms. Also, suppressors from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Phoenix Weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms. Building your firearm dreams into reality. That's Phoenix Weaponry. Call them now, 720-340-2496, or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman Colorado again. Thank you so much for joining us. Just a quick reminder now, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us twice on Sundays, and that's from 8 to 9 a.m. And once again, the evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Well, glad to have in studio a new guest for us. We have the, uh, under new ownership, is uh, the Meat Cleaver, which uh, a lot of our hunting folks may know out there is great meat processors, and Lucas Watson is with us today. So, Lucas, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely, Scott. Thanks for having me down. Well, it was uh, recently uh, we met, and, uh, boy, I always believe in, hey, there's no mistake in meeting somebody, and boy, who knew we were kind of in the same industry of the outdoors. No, yeah, that was perfect. It was great to bump into you down at the the local butcher shop supply store, and you were picking up some knives they had sharpened for you. Exactly, you? yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I heard you got to use them this fall too. I did, I did. So yeah, good. that was really, good. really good. All right, all right. So, uh, boy, game processing. So much we could talk about, and uh, so much, um, you know, depends on you getting us an end product to how we treat the meat in the field. So we're going to do some future shows on this. But the main thing we want to get out today is just, you know, about the meat cleaver, you know, what all you guys offer there. And um, you're kind of branching out on a new deal here with beef, and that's something we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that is correct. You know, this past year has been quite a rodeo, you know, taking over a meat shop and 
um, learning all the ins and outs of wild game processing. But um, I'll tell you, it's been a joy and um, being able to take over these relationships from uh, customers and suppliers and everyone who the Meat Cleaver does business with has, has really been a joy. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So with this beef side of things, and we're going to be talking about wild game uh, later on in the year, but for the beef, bison, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we <laughs> we were sitting around the round table in the office and we said to ourselves, well, we have a empty butcher shop for six months out of the year and some, some great cutters with some good history around the shop cutting beef. And um, we said, why not? Let's open our doors for a little bit of custom cutting on the beef side. So we're, we're in the thick of it now, about 30 days into um, our first um, cow on the cutting table. And it's mm-hmm. been a blast. Because, man, it's been, I mean, through this whole COVID thing, it's been a nightmare, you know, for just places to be open, number one. Okay. But then where do ranchers or individuals go that maybe have some bison or, or beef on their property? You know, absolutely. That's a great question. And, you know, with the, with the corona pandemic coming around, you know, folks are really thinking about their food, right? And um, mm-hmm. some food security, the, the you know, um, stewardship and, and cleanliness of their food. And we have a lot of folks coming back to small town ranchers buying a side of beef. And um, that's some big business right now. You know, with, with some of the bigger cutters at reduced capacity, we found that, you know, smaller and mid-level meat cutters are just overflowing with book dates and um, a couple have closed down here in eastern Colorado. So, um, there's plenty of beef to be cut out there, and sure. we just want to open our doors and serve folks where they're at. Well, I went on a little tour yesterday. You were kind enough to take me through, and, man, just watching the artistic ability of those cutters back there just cutting that meat up, and, man, it just looks so great. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah we, we always have fun just walking through the cutting room and, and seeing what's in for the day. But, you know, the beauty of it is, and I know you know this, Scott, but, you know, cutting up a cow hasn't changed much in the past 100,000 years, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, meat is meat is meat. If it has four legs and um, can can roll around, we can probably cut it for you guys. So, right. um, yeah, beef, beef's no different. And um, it's been a very fun learning curve to get our knives bloody. Absolutely. All right, so let's kind of talk through the process. Someone's listening, and they're like, man, so we can call you, and we can get a beef butchered. Uh, Let's kind of talk about the process. I mean, they call you guys, and then um, how do we animal slaughtered and all the things like that, and then getting it to you? Yeah, absolutely. So just a a quick rundown of kind of where we add value in a process. Um, We get a lot of calls from ranchers saying, hey, you know, I need uh, I have some customers I sold this beef to. We need a custom cut list for them, and um, we'll book a date here in the next month or so to, you know, get out after they get their brand inspection. And um, we'll actually take our mobile slaughter unit out to their ranch and save the ranchers a trip to the, the butcher shop. And um, we'll go out and slaughter on property, bring the meat back to the shop and um, work with their customers to fill out a cut list. And, of course, let the meat age for a couple of weeks and get some good cuts on it. And then the customer comes to our shop and, and picks up the product. Right. And there's a lot of government uh, regulations that regulate stuff. So we're kind of talking within about a two hour time frame from Denver where you can go out with your mobile unit. Uh, yes, sir. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> our, uh, our legislation under a custom exempt butcher shop is we need to work with a two hour time radius from our shop um, on Tennyson Street in Denver. So, you know, thankfully that gives us a, sure. a good run of the state of Colorado, you know, um, especially out east and um, yeah, so that two-hour time window is, is what we look for when it comes to transporting the meat back to the shop. And 
Um, but really, wherever customers want to come and pick up their meat from, we're glad to serve them. Right. Once again, Lucas Watson is with us. It's the Meat Cleaver. They're located at 5334 Tennyson. The number is 303-458-7563. Again, 303-458-7563. And this has got to be, I mean, I just think, man, if I was a rancher, the last thing I want to do is haul, you know, a bunch of beef um somewhere so for you to be able to come out and take care of all of that um and to just think now we don't hear the word available now with this covid thing we hadn't heard that in a year but people can literally call you today and you guys can pick a date and come out and take care of it for them absolutely you know being kind of the the new boys on the block with cutting meat um, we have an open calendar, and that is unheard of in eastern Colorado right now. So, yeah, give a give us a ring at the shop, and Nick or I will answer the phone and get you on the calendar. Okay, great. Now, so you get it back there, and then let's kind of talk about the, the, the process then of then how long does it take me to get it back? No, absolutely. So, you know, all the cows that come into our shop will have at minimum a two-week hanging time in our coolers. Um, that's very industry standard for okay. beef. and. Um, from there, it'll make its way into the cutting room and end up on the table and get some knives on it. And, you know, in that two-week time period, we have a little bit of flexibility to, you know, sit down and chat with customers about exactly what they're looking for in their beef product. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, folks buying a side of beef is kind of resurging a little bit, we've found. Sure. And, um, it, we're doing a lot of it for the first time for folks, right? So, you know, having the time to really sit down and walk them through, hey, how do you cut up a cow? What do you guys want? What do you guys use? What do you usually buy at the store, um, and how can we steward your meat for you mm-hmm. um, so you guys can use it to um, the best of your ability? And those are always fun conversations to have. But, yeah, in that two-week hang period, that conversation with the customer usually happens. And um, after it's in the cutting room, we're ready to roll. And, you know, kind of a holdover from our, our wild game season, we have a awesome specialty menu. And folks really like with the beef, the beef jerky, the beef summer sausage, um, and the sticks as well. And so sure. those are always really popular coming coming into the beef as well. Right. Now, when it comes down, I mean, you can do all this right. You can have, you know, great chunks of meat. You can have the great cuts. It comes down to packaging and then how long it's going to be in the freezer too, right? So, I mean, kind of talk about your packaging process. No, absolutely. That's a great question. And probably one of the most frequent questions we get from customers is, all of our product is vacuum sealed in three mil bags, so, okay. um, and that comes standard, no extra upcharge on that. Um, we find that you know that lasts in the freezer forever, right? Mm-hmm. Packaged properly, meat just lasts. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, whether you're buying for a big family a side of beef in the next six months, or you know, you guys want to stretch that out to even a year or two, I mean, that, all that product lasts in the freezer very well. Right. Now, is there a limit? So let's say we've got a rancher listening. He goes, hey, i got 20 cows I need to <laughs> get to you. I mean, how, is there so many a, a day or a trip? I mean, how would that work if somebody has quite a few they want to get? No, you? great question. And, you know, our philosophy at the meat cleaver is more the merrier, right? We're not going to say no to beef. That's a hard thing to do. So, you know, typically with the day of um, slaughtering on site out at a ranch, you know, we can get four or five done in a day. So, um, we've worked with a couple customers, um, you know, uh, you know, dozen head of beef and upward, and you know, we'll usually tack out a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to, you know, be out at their farm and um, do some slaughtering. Sure. Now, bison is really big too here in Colorado. Absolutely. And I mean, bison is awesome. If, I mean, folks, if you've never had it, get some bison because I mean, it's awesome. But uh, so you can do 
that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, we're working with some folks, um, you know, around the state to, to get some cutting days open for their bison. And, um, you know, we just had one in the other day that the hanging weight on it was just over a thousand pounds. And, and we cut these Jeez. big old tomahawk steaks for the guy. You know, they were like three feet long. And <laughs> uh, I mean, just one of the coolest um, cuts of meat you can see. And um, I think he was really pleased with that. So it was a good time cutting that bison. Gotcha. Now, you just do from the processing end, or if someone want, wants to buy some beef, can they? I mean, do they do that through you as well? Yeah, or? you know, okay. we're we're more than happy to um, get folks in touch with um, a farmer and a rancher who's going to suit their needs. You know, if folks are taking a look at um, you know grass fed, grass finished, um, some different sizes there, or, um, you know, grain fed, grain finished, or really anywhere in between. You mm-hmm. know, we we work with a wide enough variety of folks where we can point you in the right direction when it comes to. Um, you know the quality the feed and the price point the customers are looking for so all right so folks again two words you hadn't heard in a while available now all right all you have to do is call 303-458-7563 and uh lucas and his team there can take care of you again it is the meat cleaver located at 5334 tennyson and uh i mean you guys have a great reputation for a long time and i know anytime you know kind of new ownership hey you want to take all the great things they were doing in the past and then bring some new touches to it and have some great happy customers absolutely you know we're we're really just a, a crew of young guns a motley crew who love getting out in the woods hard and and hunting our hunting our buns off for sure so um anything we can do to spend some more time in the field and cut some good meat we're about it sure and locally owned and operated i mean so that's hey let's support local business here you know we can all go to stores and buy stuff and we've talked about this before you know you never know where it comes from and hey uh, these guys know the ranchers that they're dealing with and all and so again it is lucas watson meet cleaver 5334 tennyson 5334 tennyson again the number is 303-458-7563 and lucas will look forward to getting you on some more and then as we move into the big game season talking a little more about hunting and stuff too absolutely i love it scott thanks right. for having thanks me around. so much you're listening to sportsman of colorado we got to take a short break and we'll be back with more right after this Is your vision stopping you from enjoying your outdoor activities? Hi, this is Scott Watley for Stack Optical. Get by Stack Optical today and check out the Stack Sports Pack. One great frame where you can easily interchange the lenses to the tent you need for golf, bike riding, shooting, fishing, and yes, even driving. Stack Optical, family owned and operated. They're fully staffed and ready to help you with all of your optical needs. From eye exams, glasses, contacts, and yes, even repairs. And rest assured, Stack Optical has taken every precaution to ensure your safety and that you have a clean environment. 2233 South Monaco Parkway. 303-321-1578. Call them now. 303-321-1578. StackOptical.com. And remember, at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are glad you are with us now in all transparency. 
due to the impending storm. We are pre-taping today's show, so I have no idea what the weather is doing when this airs Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but uh, hope everyone is being safe out there. But we are glad to have our good friend Dave Prophet in from American Heroes in Action. We have been associated with them for several years now and a fantastic group. Dave, first of all, welcome. Thank you, Scott. Good, good to, to be see back. you. Good to be back. Hey, I'm glad you got to drive over in the here on a what, what is today wednesday yeah today's wednesday okay so hey i'm glad we didn't have to uh fight whatever is happening out there right now as the show airs so. I, I drove over with the window down yeah oh did you all right good deal all right well man we were just talking here before the show but man reflecting back at where we were uh, a year ago about this time who ever dreamed and, and, and I don't care whatever area of your life you want to talk about, job-wise, politically, um, vaccines, uh, pandemic, whoever dreamed we would be where we are now 12 months later. It has been quite the year. Whew, unbelievable. And, you know, uh, let's be honest, has heard a lot of our fundraising things and things that you guys normally do all throughout the year. But you know what? You found some great people out there that have helped you through the pandemic. We didn't follow an original plan but we did have <laughs> yeah. a plan right. and we were able to uh, generate enough income that we were able to have a good year for our uh, combat wounded veterans and our injured first responders getting out for some outdoor adventures right you know it's been a while since you've been on so we got a little time today why don't you take a minute and just kind of tell a little bit but again about how you know american heroes in action even came about because that was your 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 baby so to speak it's true thank you i spent a year in iraq as a contractor I worked in the Army Post Office. Part of my job was to dig through the soldiers' mail that what they were sending home to make sure that they were not mailing home something they were not supposed to mail home. Guns, bullets, hand sanitizer, mm. things like that. And while digging through these footlockers of these young men and women, I saw a lot of them were mailing home Purple Heart medals. They were awarded for the injuries they received in combat. And it really had an impact on me, and I really wanted to do something for these young men and women when I got back home. Right. And I've grown up uh, hunting, fishing, canoeing, skiing, spending time outdoors. I've always felt there is a real therapy to mm -hmm. spending time outdoors. So I wanted to provide some therapy, outdoor therapy for these men and women. Yeah. And, you know, several events we've done together and um, interviews at different shows where you guys have been and had some of the veterans on and just talked about what it meant to them. Because, you know, I may be able to go out and sit beside one of those guys in a duck blind and hunt with them and we may have a good conversation. But you know what? There's no doubt it's different when they're sitting side by side with another veteran. You know, Scott, you and I and all of your listeners understand the benefits of spending time outdoors mm -hmm. these veterans and first responders get that benefit but there is truly an additional benefit with spending time with other men and women with a shared similar experience yeah because i mean we don't know what that what they've seen no sir. heard no smelt I mean, I mean, there's just so much that goes into, and whether you're in a, a, a battlefield or just over there, just helping serving, still you're serving. Yes, yes, and and when they come home, there is a lot of things that hmm. trigger them mm -hmm. um, that that doesn't appear doesn't we don't understand. For example, I had a veteran tell me the other day that he swerved because there was an empty McDonald's bag on the side of the road. Well, you and I would just drive right by it, but he didn't know if it was an IED in that McDonald's bag or not. Wow. 
Yeah. Again, it is American Heroes in Action. You can check out their website, AmericanHeroesInAction.org. April 24th, Lord willing, as they say, (laughs) we get to have a banquet with live people. Man, awesome. The hotel is is, uh, suggesting that as long as we can have 50% capacity without a cap on the number, we can have up to 300 a little over 300 people okay and due to that we switched venues from last year correct we're eight blocks south we're now going to be at the double tree hilton at 3203 north quebec rather than the one a little bit north of there still uh, still uh, less than a mile from south of i-70 okay all right. And uh, silent auction, live auction, our good friend Bryce, um, I assume, will be our auctioneer. Our auctioneer All will right. be Bryce once again. We have over $70,000 in merchandise for the live wow. auctions, for the silent auctions, uh, for the raffles, general raffles, specialty raffles. Um, uh, one of your uh, friends, our friends, um, Aaron from Phoenix Weaponry, has made a uh, 300 blackout Uh-oh. with the full, fully suppressed barrel <laughs> that we're going to have in a coin flip game. We have American Heroes in Action Challenge coins, and we're going to uh, flip those coins, and someone who can match Bryce's flip for heads and tails all oh, the way to the wow. end gets that rifle. Wow. Phoenix Weaponry, I'm telling you, they will build a precision firearm, too. So, yeah, that will be a great, great uh, contest there. Any, a couple of, just think of a couple of few of the live auction items that are... Well, we have we still have from last year the 16-foot handmade cedar canoe. I saw that. I think Brian saw, or you put it on, and Brian, I think, yeah. shared it. But, man, that's a beautiful canoe. It is. And the only time it's been in the water was to test its floatworthiness. <laughs> okay. And it floats. Hey, so we've tested it. Good deal. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, we, have, we have a lot of different trips, hunting trips, fishing trips, golf outings. Um, there's uh, 14 guns so far. Wow. Some are for giveaways. Some will be in the auction. Yeah. All right. That's cool. So to get your tickets, I just go to the website. It's the website, AmericanHeroesInAction.org. Okay. Click on the store tab and decide if you want your individual ticket at $60, uh, a couple's ticket for $100, or if you want to reserve a whole table for you and seven friends. So eight people get a table. The tables come with raffle tickets. And, of course, every ticket comes with dinner. It's either a steak or salmon dinner, the buyer's choice. All right. And I'm telling you, this is a great dinner, uh, good quality food, and more importantly, you're helping out a great, great organization. It's a fun-filled night, and it's fast. Paced and hey, we respect your time, and it's not one of these banquets you go sit at for eight hours while they're going through a million different auction items. So it will be a fun, fun night. You can get involved in all the silent auction items as well as the live auction. But get your tickets, and I promise you, as Dave said, you can get a table for you and seven friends, so seat eight people. I promise you, you can find seven friends that want to get out and do something. Absolutely. (laughs) And do something, hey, with your family, uh, do something with maybe your sales team at work, a business, whatever. And uh, are there still some tables available if somebody wants to buy? We're we're down to about 25 tables left, or 25 tickets left. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. So we're getting there, again, because of all the uh, precautions that uh, we're having to take here. 
here, but I hope you'll go to the website, AmericanHeroesInAction.org, and uh, get your tickets, and I promise you it will be a fun, fun night, and we are glad once again to have the privilege to emcee it for them and uh, work with Bryce, our good friend, an auctioneer, and it will be fun. And, I, and a couple of guys I brought to the one a couple of years ago since we didn't get uh, – I was talking with Jill uh, there at your office, and they bought tables. Great. Yeah, so, yes. so uh, uh, great, great, and uh, so we will have a good time. Now, you were telling me a little bit before the show that, um, you know, boy, just kind of going through the numbers of even what you were able to do through the pandemic and getting uh, veterans out. And let's kind of recap and then what you've done so far this year. Well, 2020 wasn't uh, didn't go exactly as we planned. (laughs) We were still able to take 116 different participants on 36 different adventures in 11 different states. Okay. now this weekend we have eight hunters on a nighttime hog hunt in Texas. And as of Monday, we will have had over 50 participants already here uh, in 2021 That's in four great. different states. Wow. And what's it like to sit down with them? Maybe, you know, the first time they get to do something with you. And then, I mean, what are just some of the things you hear of just saying, man, thank you for what this did for me? There, there are men and women who say that uh, if it wasn't for these types of adventures, they were in a dark place. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely an opportunity. It's it's a treat for me to watch these men and women, who many of, of whom have never met each other before. Sure. After an adventure, they're sharing um, they're sharing phone numbers. They're making each other friends on Facebook, and they're planning their next adventures already. Yeah. Uh, I w- I just met with one of uh, one of our veteran friends the other night, and. Uh, he has uh, he has a got himself a crossbow and a permit from the state to use the crossbow in archery season because of his injuries. Yeah. And he and another veteran are planning their 2021 elk season. Wow! And they just they just met on a See, that's on cool. an adventure last year. That's what it's all about. Yes, it right is. There for sure. Now, do we need any help as far as if people want to say they want to volunteer? I mean, you're looking at me like, are Thank- you kidding me? Of course we <laughs> Thank need help. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yes, we would definitely, we can definitely use more volunteers. At our banquet, the volunteers are encouraged to play the raffles, bid in the auctions. Sure. The only thing they don't get is the steak or salmon dinner. <laughs> okay. But we feed our volunteers before and after the event, too. Yeah. And we do need volunteers. If you if, if someone is interested in helping, mm-hmm. they can go to our website, again, AmericanHeroesInAction.org, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and click Contact Us and just send an email that says, hey, Dave, I, I think I might be able to help out. Sure. And, you know, we, we're, we'll, we'll put you anything you don't want to do. But, I mean, uh, sometimes it's maybe just standing by a table and kind of explaining a game, uh, something like that, sure. or just helping people find their seats. I mean, you know, it's in brain surgery, so to speak. No, I mean, we, it'll be a fun night. Yeah, we don't have have anybody that has to you know be an auctioneer yeah. we're not going to put you in the accounting <laughs> end and you know checking people out or something yeah, yeah. so but there are definitely uh, a variety of jobs somebody may be showing off some of the live auctions walk items yeah, yeah. walk around and say you know here's the sure. here's the knife that that we're talking about if you want a close-up look at it great now um i know we're just a few weeks away but if there's a maybe a business out there that wants to uh, donate something for the auction uh, is there still some room we still are taking donations Uh, any business that provides us a donation with a 250 dollars retail value or higher we do put their logo in our program to recognize all of our donors okay Um, the deadline to be included in the banquet program is april 9th we need plenty of time to get the program 
um, put together and to the printer. So April 9th is the deadline to make a donation. And if someone wants to make a donation, they can use the Contact Us tab on our website or give me a call directly. And my phone number is 303-931-3639. All right. AmericanHeroesInAction.org. Folks, get your tickets. I promise you, this is going to be a fun-filled night. Hey, there are a lot of chances to get some great items in the silent auction and live auction as well. And as I said, really help some of our heroes out that have done so much for us and sacrificed so much for us so we can do what we do every day and live in freedom. So, Dave, good to see you, sir. Thank you, Scott. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us today for Sportsman of Colorado. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.